0: Welcome to episode 12 of the Media Sport Podcast series. I'm your host, Brett Hutchins from Monash University in Melbourne, Australia, and it's good to have your company. In our last episode, we spoke with Norman Lee about China, sports media, and journalism. Today, we turn our gaze towards another part of the world, Scandinavia, and in particular Denmark. I note a couple of links between Australia and Denmark, one curious and the other perhaps predictable. First, Mary, the Crown Princess of Denmark, is an Australian who met the Danish Prince Frederick in a Sydney pub during the 2000 Summer Olympic Games, serving to underline the continuing connection between sports spectatorship and alcohol as much as anything else. And second, the popularity of Danish crime fiction and television drama is as strong in Australia as it is in many other parts of the world. Joining me via Skype is Kirsten Franzen. Associate Professor in Media Studies in the Department of Media and Journalism Studies at Aarhus University. Kirsten has a wide range of research interests, spanning television entertainment, historical developments in Danish media, and methodological issues in the production and reception of media. She came to my attention because of her work on sports media and mediatisation, mediatisation being one of the most prominent theories and sets of debates occurring in contemporary communications and media studies globally. She has also written recently on self-tracking and wearable devices, scholarship that connects to issues discussed in episode 4 of the podcast series during my interview with Deborah Upton. Kirsten's research can be found in outlets such as Information Communication and Society, Nordicom Review, Communication and Sport, the Routledge Handbook of Sport Communication, and an important chapter on the mediatisation of sport published in volume 21 of the Handbook of Communication of Science, titled Mediatisation of Communication, which is edited by Nut Lundby. She's also published extensively in Danish, a subject that we will talk about in a moment. Having written the books Danish Sports Journalism from Sports to Audience, and fascination in business in Danish television sport. There is obviously much we have to talk about. Kirsten, thank you for taking the time to chat with me for the Media Sport podcast series.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here.
0: A good place to begin is your recent trip to IAMCR 2015 in Vancouver, Canada, the annual conference of the International Association for Media and Communication Research. What were your impressions of the media and sports stream at this event? Well,
1: my, my general impression was that it was quite a good conference. I've only attended the IMCR conference uh, once before, so my, well, my knowledge about the conference is not that big, but uh, I think that the section on sport and media are, is, is, is a very important space uh, to, to go if you're a researcher in this area. Um, I think it's, uh, I was impressed by the very broad range of issues that were um, brought up in the section. There were people coming in from almost all parts of the world making presentations on everything ranging from women running and uh, on to, 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 to football. So it was, um, yeah, perhaps the only continent that I missed. Um, was the African continent So, um, but but it was and I, I, I have been in I was in uh, Stockholm in 2008 at the IAMCR conference and it was my impression that this time there was a broader range of issues but also a higher level in the research that was presented actually
0: And what does the study of sports media in, in Denmark look like?
1: Well I'm I'm sorry to say that we don't have such a big community of of scholars around these issues. In Denmark, I've been more or less uh, alone in the the field for 20 years. So, well, and and actually that's also why I I was so happy to go to the IAMTR conference, because uh, then realizing that suddenly... then you are in a room with a lot of peers who are interested in many of the same issues and they are bringing in so many interesting subjects Was was quite a, a very positive experience but but in, in Scandinavia we have only I think we are um, three or four scholars who are dealing, who have dealt with these issues on a regular basis for, for, for several years, so it's 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 a fairly small community if you can talk, if, if it's fair to use the term community at all.
0: <laughs> and what's, I mean, give me a sense of what the Danish media landscape looks like. It's, you know, what are its unique features, about, you know, the, from, from an international perspective?
1: Yeah, well, in fact, the Danish uh, Media landscape has a lot of similarities with the media landscapes in the rest of, of the Nordic countries in Scandinavian as a whole. Um, compared to to, to international um, standards, we have a fairly high degree of uh, our public service media plays a very central role in in our media landscape. Actually, public service broadcast media are. Is still uh, having the highest share uh, in television viewing and and uh, so our the status of our public service media is is a unique thing um, and at the same time we have a very high uh, dissemination of of uh, digital media uh, and that the reason for that is is partly that we have a in, in, in the Nordic countries, the, the, the governments consider uh, media uh, a very um, essential resource for people to use, and they, they, they are seeking to um, secure the, the population uh, universal access to, to media and digital um, technology. So, meaning that that we have uh, we are among uh, the, the countries in the world with the highest penetration of digital media. Um, almost every child um, above uh, ten years uh, have their own mobile or smartphone. So, so there's um, we we are a, a very highly digitized community in many ways. Meaning that if, if as I see it, it, if we want to do research on some of the very important new. Uh, issues concerning how pe- people use media uh, on several platforms uh, or, or how they are on, on, on many screen screens at the same time there I think the Nordic countries are quite something of a laboratory you you can use because there we we find many of the new types of uses uh, in, in, in many places
0: okay. and how, how does that context? connect with the sorts of sports content and, and let's get presented. I mean, what does the sports media market and system look like?
1: Well, the sports media, um, sports is still important for public service television. Mm. In, in, in uh, And they are part of, of it uh Uh, In fact, Denmark has had a quite unusual situation for some years because one of our—we have two public service broadcasters—and one of those decided to to cut off many of uh, much of their sports coverage when they had to make decisions. uh, They had some financial cutbacks they, they had to meet but um, still it's, it's considered quite an important issue for the public service broadcasters because sports events are still among, they are together with um, drama. These are... Uh, events where you uh, still can gather the the population around a big event so you can cre- create this national community around uh, the media and that's a very important issue for uh, public service media during these years mm. in particular when they they can do it on on flow television uh, they have a, a quite a high strong competition from netflix for instance from streaming services so it's a so i i would consider that that sports might be be be, be, be something that they will turn more towards but they have some problems financing the rights
0: yeah i mean I and mean, when you say sports are we referring I'm, I'm assuming like much of europe north and south and east and west at soccer football is one of the key things but European handball, Alpine sports, these sorts of things. Yeah, we have uh, yeah, we
1: have. Um, soccer is is, is is the absolutely dominant um, sports content on the media, but um, in in uh, all the, in Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, handball has also been been a, a big sport. Uh, which has actually been the second uh, most covered in, 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 in Danish television for for years, and I think it's almost the same uh, in Sweden and Norway. But in Sweden and Norway, uh, they also have a, a a lot of coverage on skiing and ice hockey as well. So it's uh, uh, we well we share some of the patterns regarding content, but still there are some. It, some, some differences as well but it's, it's, uh, it's soccer, it's handball, it's, uh, it's ice hockey for Sweden I think and it's skiing uh, and then we also uh, watch a lot of, 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 of biking as well oh, because yeah. for instance the Tour de France is, is uh, covered quite intensively uh, during the summer period.
0: Yeah, It's fascinating how the Tour de France has become such a global event. Yeah, definitely. Now, much of your recent work deals with mediatisation. For listeners who may not be entirely across this emerging literature, and it's an increasingly large literature, much of which emerged from Northern Europe, what is mediatisation and why is it an important research paradigm? Well,
1: um... Mediatization is about the relationship between media and other social areas or social fields uh, where we are addressing questions about how this relation is and how uh, media are having uh, effects of different sorts of, of effects on, on other fields. But uh, so in many ways it's addressing old, very old, well-known questions about effects. But it's addressing them in, in, in a different way because we are not trying not necessarily addressing one media's effect on the audience, but trying to ask more general questions about how media mm-hmm. are influencing, for instance, sports in a structural manner. How mm-hmm. does how does it, it it how does media coverage? actually affect sports in the way that how, uh, who has great incomes and what sort of sports are having, um, having less covers and, and less, uh, another point of departure for getting commercial incomes. And, and, and what we're interested in is, is more how um, media are affecting these areas in a long-term perspective. Uh, as structural uh, and how they are having structural implication on 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 diverse fields of culture and, and social fields in 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 a, in a but but in a more in a long term perspective and then we're not just asking about the audience but also asking about um you know how 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 it 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 has implications for for sports business and for Book uh, for 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 book and publishing industries, uh, etc.
0: And this, you're part of a, a, a four year team based project titled "The Mediatization of Culture: The Challenge of New Media." Who are you working with on that, and and what does it involve?
1: Well, uh, the, the 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 head of the project is Steve Jarvat, who's actually has been very active in the discussion about mediatization. And um, we are a group of of six colleagues who are uh, together trying to push uh, the discussion about mediatization by doing some more empirical work on it, because what has been, much of the discussion has been influenced by the fact that that many of the the discussions, uh, the scholars there have not done very much empirical work. And much of the work that they are drawing upon is has been done in the fields of political communication, in in to some degrees in relation to religion. Or, but but so what we're doing in the project is uh, first we're trying to, to do empirical work on a wider range of of, of cultural fields, implying, for instance. Um, Parenthood, how do new parents use digital media and how does that practice, media practice, actually influence the way that they are changing from being just a young adult into becoming a parent. Um, we're doing studies on the book uh, and publishing industry more in general, how it's influenced by digital media and do we're doing research on war and conflict, how, 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 so, so that, that, and on children's uh, way of playing, how is children's playing culture influenced by, by uh, them um, in Denmark, many, many small children down to two, three years old of age, they actually use tablets. So we, so, so what we're trying to do is analyzing, doing some empirical work. And uh, another thing is that the, the project was uh, very motivated by the fact that much of the discussion has also been influenced by studies on television. And the role of digital media is is actually uh, challenging many of the, 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 the notions that has been dominating the discussion. And... and Um, In many ways, uh, it's our experience that dealing with digital media means that we have to uh, deal with much more complex processes of change. Um, And that has been my experience as well, because digital media is... um, When you are analyzing the relationship between media and another field, you're not necessarily dealing with uh, the same kind of, of um, traditional media organizations or and media outlets like for instance a broadcast uh, uh, institution or organization but you're dealing with uh, with a technology which is um, formed by yeah you know facebook by by some 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 global uh, players but you can use it as, as a sports organization. You can use it for you in your for your own uh, purposes. So it's and then it suddenly because the way that media are influencing uh, the way that, for instance, organizations are functioning. It becomes very very a very complex matter because then suddenly organizations have different forms of they have other kinds of. Organisation in their environment that they need to um, to, to relate to as well. Mm-hmm. For instance, in Denmark, sports organisations need to deal with the political uh, our political system because they are have a, a high degree of. of uh, Funding from 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 uh, from tax money, <laughs> and mm. they are and many of them also have commercial uh, commercial partners. So it's uh, and then the interest of these different kinds of institutional partners that are not traditional just media, but they have their own agenda. When uh, they when 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 the sports organization starts of doing digital media in some ways so it's not just a matter of 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 a relationship between the sports organization and media but it's also it, it implicates other institutions as well
0: and i really like the way that your work on sports embedded in you know that broader context of you know different social political cultural fields because um, I think it, it really brings out sort of the, the insights that, that both sport it's more than about filling a gap. It's actually bringing out these broader insights that sport has to offer into the way that media transformation and relations actually function. And you know you've actually gone in to Danish sports federations to look at the way that me, digital media in particular is changing the way they operate and their organizational structures.
1: Yeah. I did that because, uh, well, um, I, I'm trying to, um, my idea was that many of these federations have been among those who have done, made uh, contracts with broadcast organization about rights. So they were, um, and many of them have. Experience that they were not able to make contracts anymore, and, and so so they. Uh, my idea was that these organizations, these federations, might have have a, a special motivation for s- start using digital media. So my question was how, for what reasons, or for what purposes do, will they start uh, use the, Have they started using digital media, and how does that uh, have implications for the way that they? Uh, that they, they are functioning the way that, the kind of people that they, they need in their organization because my idea was well it's in, in a long-term perspective uh, new this this might have implications on the kind of activities that they are actually that they will offer um, in the future but but uh, right at the moment it's it's quite difficult to see how it will it will change the the activity sports on the level of activities but it's it's definitely changing the the organization. But I did a, a quantitative survey among all the Danish uh, sports federations and then I, I were I was I was following up by doing qualitative interviews with, with um with, with some of those some of those uh, people who had, were representing a diversity among different interests how they, they were actually dealing with it in, in very different ways. Uh, but but also some of them are very big and some of them are very small and um, my study confirms that that there is a digital divide <laughs> because those, the big, the big ones are having a lot of resources, and they are they are better off. They have been better off uh, starting up on dealing with these these matters on, on that, that that than the, the small ones. So, uh, well, kind of the the the, the pol- polarization that, for instance, television has brought into Danish sports because. It's only a, a small group of sports who have actually uh, been able to to get contracts and get um, incomes from from broadcast casting rights it's um, that kind of polarization is not diminished uh, necessarily by digital media and that was I think that was originally my, my, my first idea was that it might diminish some of the, the some of the the, 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 the big differences.
0: It really brings me to uh, something that I am actually find very impressive, which is the fact that you've published in both Danish language research and in English. Um, what are the challenges of publishing and researching in English as a second language?
1: Oh, I could say don't get me started because <laughs> I, this, this, is a, this is one of my personal, very, one of the big issues i think it's 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 quite challenging to 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 write in english and it uh actually as you've seen in my my cv i've been doing i've been active uh, an active researcher for almost 25 years and my publications in english is 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 not that many um well i think it's it's challenging to um to be precise when you want to describe issues that actually uh, where you need. In, in, in media studies, we, we're not nec- necessarily dealing with a very um, strict and general uh, kind of language and we don't have, you know, just a 10 fixed terms that if we use them, then, then everybody knows what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I had the impression that some other scientific fields are more uh, have a more straight vocabulary uh, around many issues. But in media studies we deal with uh, semantics uh, in, uh, and uh, there you need your own language to describe what is it that is, is, is um, that is, is you want to tell people about these pictures, uh, atmospheres, etc and that's that's a very uh, that's a challenging thing to start doing that uh, de- doing that in in, a, in not something that is not really your own language and but it's 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 a kind of a paradox because english is 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 a huge language compared to da- da- danish we have uh, we don't have that many words in in danish so Somehow, one could say that it should be easier to to uh, when you get more words to to use. But but the thing is that we've never been trained, uh, as I, I I've experienced myself, that people uh, children in the American school system they are, are trained in the semantic dimension of of uh, um, words that are very similar but still have a very particular precise. Uh, um semantic um, content so 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 in many ways it's like sitting in a in a glass house uh, trying to um, communicate with somebody out there in on the other side but they get some kind of well they get some kind of noise <laughs> and it's it's you know it's uh, as as a researcher in many ways we are using ourselves as a as a tool, both when we collect data, but also when we make presentations,
0: mm.
1: and uh, uh, it's uh, I'm not uh, I'm not a very perfect tool when I'm doing presentations in English. Let me say that, and sometimes it has been really annoying, and uh, I've I for many years I thought that it's not fair that all you who are dealing with both big sports industries, big media markets, and at the same time you are also a native speaker in English. So you are having a, there's a, a hegemony in this field, in our, our uh, scholarly field, I think, which is uh, um, prevents some of us who come from small media markets and uh, uh, different types of sports systems as well To communicate uh, and and get through with some of the the differences, because uh, what I think many of us experience is that some of the literature that is written by native uh, speaking uh, English speaking persons from from Anglo Saxon areas, it's it's uh, we we it's very useful for us, but still it's not we're dealing with some some different structures somehow. And that has also something to do with with the uh, the fact that we are coming from from smaller markets and smaller regions in many ways and different types of of, of sports systems.
0: And from you know, from my perspective, I'm happy that you you know you you are publishing news because I think those differences are really important, which is you know part of why I've contacted you. You know, I've yeah,
1: that was also what I was so happy about meeting the, the, the great diversity in at the IMCR conference yeah. because they're finding that that's why this, this section is extremely important.
0: I want to thank you for your time and your contribution to the Media Sport podcast series. I, I hope we'll be able to speak again.
1: Yeah, thank you. You're welcome.